This is the Snug Podcast. In this episode, a manifesto from RCGP Scotland. We, we had a manifesto for the, the previous Scottish Parliament elections, and, and for this one, we, we gave a lot of thought to things that we could ask for. There's a continual changing landscape uh, that the college has a role in helping us see that that landscape is, is changing and help convey that. There's a big role to be made around making sure that GPs are masters of technology, not slaves to it. Hello, you are very welcome to another podcast from the Scottish National Users Group. I'm Andrew McElhinney, a GP and member of SNUG. We use a variety of IT systems to support our work in general practice here in Scotland, and we are definitely not a political party. But this week, there is a Scottish Parliament election. What will it all mean for the future of Scotland and general practice? You've probably had a few leaflets through your door and heard quite a lot of promises. Now we need to decide what we want the Parliament to do for the next five years. In the coming weeks, we will set out our vision for Scotland. Going forward, we'll put local treatment back at the heart of our health service. We'll increase the proportion of the NHS budget that's spent on GP and mental health services. The biggest NHS pay increase in the history of devolution to show our appreciation for the heroic work of health workers over this past year. So we never again never again have to choose between treating a virus or treating cancer. We will set out a catch-up plan for our children. Today, my guest is Dr Chris Williams, who has been co-chair of RCGP Scotland since January of this year. The Royal College of General Practitioners does a lot of work, often unseen, to support the profession, promote high-quality care, and to maintain high standards for general practice in Scotland and the UK. So, we discussed the work of the college, how the pandemic has reshaped general practice and also its use of technology. Chris, thank you. Thank you very much. It's a pleasure to welcome you to the Snug podcast. Um, Could you just start by telling us a bit about yourself and where you're based? So I'm a GP in Granton-on-Spey in Highland. I've been here, for, I think, about four years now. Um, worked all uh, all around other parts of Highland beforehand in sort of sessional roles and then other salaried roles. Um, I've got an uh, interest in in, in IT, um, and I'd sort of uh, I had an interest with the, the, the college before that, um, uh, before they took me on as a sort of a clinical lead for for IT, and now currently trying to balance the the, the clinical side um, uh, as well as trying to sort of go to sort of various meetings and and be involved in sort of various other sort of bits of development that needs to to, to go on to you know to, to to move on you know all these issues that we sort of notice round about us that we that we everyone thinks if if only we could get this fixed um so yeah so i i, I, I have a, a a whirl of a life uh, with a, a diary that uh, um, that looks like my clinical appointment book. Yeah, I imagine you've had a few teams meetings in the last few months. Yeah, so it's it, it's strange. I haven't worked in Highland for for so long, uh, having banged the, the the drum for for having meetings by video conference, having been thwarted uh, uh, every time we try. You know, when meetings were 
trying to set up a, a video uh, video conference every couple of months. There was always something that would go wrong, and they wouldn't they weren't exactly sure what what it was that went wrong, and they wouldn't ever be able to to learn from it. Uh, and it was only sort of through the pandemic that we've seen this sort of wide scale adoption of uh, simple, easy to use um, sort of packages that uh, that where there is some sort of support sort of built in, uh, and because everyone had to get to use it, actually it's it's been transformative. So. Um, having gone from having to travel down to, to the central belt for for all sorts of meetings uh, and and seeing then the, the meetings be scheduled in a way that sort of manages to accommodate people's travel uh, we can now see uh, people drawn into meetings from 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 further afield uh, you can see sort of sequences of meetings um, uh, and, and I, yeah just hope that we can keep meetings pr productive um, already, there seems to be it's this this feeling, this sort of creep that some of the the huge leaps and bounds that we were able to 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 take during COVID problems that we could solve that nobody had quite had the the gumption uh, to, uh, to to solve before. Um, we were sort of able to you know just to, to roll our sleeves up during COVID, and and I, I, you get a sense that some of that's uh, slipping from our grasp. Um, so I say, as long as we can keep meetings productive. Uh, then I think that the, the new technology that we've got really does assist that. Well, we, we can certainly think a bit more about some of the lessons from COVID in a little while. I mean, just going back to your own experiences, you've obviously had a variety of, of, of workplaces, and I guess there must be quite a lot of value in that experience. Yeah, you see see different ways of, of doing things, and you you realise that general practice is done so differently um, in so many different places, and it, it depends on, you know, the, the it's not just location; it's the population you, you serve, it's their expectations, it's it's uh, you know how how they chat, how your your sort of your local population chats amongst itself, what they what they what they think they need, uh, how they think they can access things. Um, so when COVID came in, yeah, there was a, um, had this overnight sort of changing of having to not let people into the building, um, sort of un, unheard of, um, the uh, sort of uh, switchboard, telephone switchboard that was, sort of, you know, sort of melting down, uh, you know, the uh, people so used to being able to, to phone and, uh, and, and get through. Uh, and it's staff that were, you know, again, were so used to to being in the in the same sort of physical space, actually, um, sort of being away from each each other. Uh, you know, you know, how do you, you know, how do you keep things going? How do you keep everyone aligned? And especially when there's the sort of absolute sort of day to day to day sort of changes. You know, policy um, coming left, right, and centre about PPE about. Uh, you know how different types of consultation that we'll, we'll offer about, uh, um, and that's before you even get to immunisations or um, uh, you know that, that other side of things. Yeah, I mean, I would say in our practice, there's just been a massive change in the last twelve months, and I, I'm sure in your practice, you must have seen the same kind of thing. Yeah, just in 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 terms of how we organise our our workload, uh, and we, we had such a, a sort of lovely, refined way of of doing things that we thought was efficient, and it was efficient for for the the time that we were in. Um, and actually, if you if you if you can't have people sort of you know all, all waiting in a bit in a big room, um, uh, sort of chatting amongst each other, waiting to to come in to see the doctor, well, actually, you have to find sort of very different ways of of doing things. Um, 
the 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 sort of total phone triage uh, again it ser serves a purpose but it's it's exhausting um, uh, and sort of bringing in things like uh, the sort of the, the asynchronous consultation stuff the DAX um, you know, that I think that's that's going to revolutionise again um, sort of you know how we how we can how we can find out what people want uh, from their from their appointment today whether that appointment needs to be today whether it can be uh, another day you know how we get to, to the end of the the working week without having so many sort of um sort of, uh, peaks of of uh, activity yeah i mean we're like everyone i'm sure grappling with this new world and my sense is that patients are sort of desperate to get back to the way it was uh, where they could just phone up and get a face-to-face -face appointment and of course we just can't go back to that now because the minute we do that, we'll have people with coughs and, and you know, all the kind of things we don't want to allow in. And I mean, I guess I did want to ask you this at some stage, you know, just the way forward for everyone. You've mentioned the diversity of, of, of general practices that there are, but yet everyone must be in the same boat to some extent that we're doing telephone triage. We're seeing some people face to face. We're doing maybe video consults with some people or maybe sending some people to see the physio or the mental health nurse. And that's very complex. Yeah, and, and, and having a system that can flex so much, it's actually, it becomes very difficult to be able to describe in the, 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 the subtle ways in, in which that flexing gets done. Uh, and and it, it, in terms of how you can juggle things, uh, which you know what's the what's the difference between a telephone triage and a telephone and an actual telephone consult you know how are how, how can we measure our activity um and, and in a sense how do we know uh, when something else changes in the system how it affects how busy we are you know when a a, a news story breaks about a um um something some you know uh, one of the vaccines causing a causing a potential problem you know how many new new sort of uh, consultations do we have for 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 headache how many people do we need to see in, in person um you know trying to understand some of the the the, the nuances of, of our workload um at the moment our systems don't let us measure that in any any sort of automated way um and yet what we need is 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 technology working in the background to to to, to be able to report for us um to uh, while you know while well while, while we're busy sort of trying to think about the clinical things and saving our sort of headspace for for the decision making um yeah tricky yeah i mean technology can probably help us measure things but we probably all need some help especially going forward with the decisions around signposting and probably the initial triage I saw in the British Journal of General Practice this month a really good editorial by Trish Greenhaw um, spelling out just how complex the decisions are around the best type of appointment for a patient. And just to paraphrase her, the choice between a face-to-face, -face, telephone, video, e-consultation is an ethical process, taking into account factors which are clinical, social, technical and organisational. And we expect our admin staff to do that. That seems very difficult, I think. Yeah, I'd absolutely agree. I mean, um, I think she's been a fantastic voice um, for, the, for the profession uh, on, on so many aspects of, of COVID and how it's sort of um, framed, how we, you know, how we see our services, how we, uh, you know, what we think that we're doing that, that, that works. Um, yeah, I, I, um, she was she was part of the 
quality improvement project that we that we did and our practice signed up to around about video consultations um uh, trying to look at, at sort of where they where they fit uh, and sort of firstly trying to sort of make sure that we actually had the equipment that we could offer um you know sort of quality um consultations and that involves actually you know um the, you know, the clinicians sort of upskilling to be able to use th these these bits of equipment that um that don't look so unfamiliar but actually in in the context of the the, the general practice surgery um the in the context of our of consultation rooms well um how do we you know how do we put it all together um how do we slickly go from a face-to-face -face consultation one moment to um all sort of geared up for for a you know uh, something where we're looking into the screen um you know are i are our eyes looking at the, the, the patient are we looking at the, the the notes have we got dual screens to, to to accommodate that and actually once we've got dual screens uh, is there a massive amount of information sort of bombarding us for for a, a lot of the day and then when we uh, when our next consultation is sort of face to face, are we managing to hide all the, the other sort of confidential bits of information that can appear in sort of multiple multiple windows displayed on on multiple screens? Um, there's you know the, and the, the the amount of effort to to get everyone in the team to to a point where we're able to offer something consistent, um, and then are we offering something that are you know that that every patient wants we're not um, as you've said picked up on actually a lot of people um just want face to face um to prove that they can have it um you know to to prove that the, the a world that they knew before st uh, still in part exists just just now um so you know even when you fa factor sort of masks uh, in a in a sort of consultation into the, pr the process i'd say that you know the enthusiasm for, for for doing things in the same physical space um in my practice certainly hasn't you know hasn't diminished so so while you know, while we've got while we've built video conferencing in there as, as an option, uh, again, there's lots of clinicians that I know that aren't convinced that you can um, start and finish a, a, a clinical problem with with video conferencing. You know, they they will often need to then sort of convert to to bring bring somebody in for a face to face, or or that there'll be an extra something needed. Um, um, so they 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 don't view it with the, the, the same sort of amount of efficiency. But when we were doing the the the, the project with with Trishke Greenhall, um, you know there were aspects that we were sort of picking up on that actually in terms of multiple people, you know, being part of a consultation who are in different parts of the country. So for uh, you know uh, older adults who have, you know have got um, sort of relatives who are power of attorney who you know live in other parts of the country, actually, yeah, you know, it opens up sort of possibilities that just weren't possible. You know, that weren't weren't that weren't good when we were using t telephone, uh, for example. So th there's there's things that uh, mental health um, sort of problems again in terms of the, the ability to to so go so face to face without with, you know with, without uh, people needing to travel. Yeah. So, so there's no question we're better equipped now to do a lot more things than we we, we were a year ago, mm -hmm. and and we've got a lot of opportunities now to use that learning um, and try and make sense of the new landscape. I guess. Going back to the college, I mean, obviously, I think, am I right? You've been joint chair of the RCGP Scotland now since January the eighth. Uh, so um, at, for, since the start of January, yeah, we, Dave Shackles and I took over from from Carrie Lunan at that point. Um, uh, yeah, so it's been been a been, been a whirl. How's it, how's it going? <laughs> uh, it's it's you know it's I, I'm I'm glad that there are 
two of us. Uh, I, I've no idea how uh, Carrie managed to uh, be in so many places at you know at, at once, uh, or to, to to meet the demands of so many different organisations, uh, and and sort of you know pe people wanting wanting input, wanting uh, seeking answers, seeking support. Yeah, because my feeling is that the work the college does is largely underappreciated. I think a lot of people know about the, the exams, obviously, and the, 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 the educational role. But what do you see, I mean, just very briefly, as the, the other roles, the other important roles that the college has? Probably one of the most important things is that the college is a, is a membership organisation. Um, and so by being so, can we really sort of um, uh, represent the practice, provide opportunities for, for our members, uh, you know, provide resources, um, um, be a sort of professional network. Um, it sort of really has a, a you know, I think a, a central role in, in around quality um, and about sort of being, helping be able to, to describe the things that we do, to be able to articulate that to the to the wider world, um, to be able to celebrate the um, you know the the, the ways that we, we carry ourselves as, as a profession. We you know um, yeah when once when we go sort of behind closed doors in a in a in a consultation, there's a lot of our patients out there who will have who will have good experiences to tell, but they're so wide and so varied and and so different. And to, to, to be able to convey to people that what, what, we're, what we're doing here and now, you know, is has come on leaps and bounds since five years, 10 years, uh, 15 years. Uh, you know, there, there's a continual changing landscape. That, um, and I think that the college has a role in sort of help, helping us see that that landscape is, is changing and, and help convey that, help being part of that. I, I just wanted to ask you, I saw um, you've got the RCGP Scotland Parliamentary Manifesto. Um, could you tell us a bit about that? Yeah, so we, we had a, a, a manifesto for the, the previous Scottish Parliament elections. And, and for, for this one, we, we gave a lot of thought to th things that we could ask for that um, that weren't asking the earth, you know, the, the, the different parties could incorporate into to, to their manifestos that they that they could think well if the if rcgp think this is a good idea maybe it is um uh, and we had a, a a sort of virtual hustings event last week where all of the the parties supplied um sort of representatives or where we got to sort of pitch some some questions to them and you know, look, looking at the parties' manifestos as well, there are things that have been sort of uh, sort of picked up across across the board from from our from our asks. We had asks around about um, you know our our workforce and about um, making a sort of a proper plan around about that. We had asks around about f funding, which we um, which we asked before, and we thought it was it was time to sort of bring those back um, because it. it if, if we don't have you know, our, our general practice services um, adequately funded, and and, and uh, the, in terms of the language we use, that might be wrapped up within the sort of primary care sort of planning side of things. But if general practice itself doesn't get doesn't get a decent funding, then then we're we're all in trouble, really. Other manifesto asks that we had were around about e-prescribing, um, and even. Um, sort of being close to the IT side of things myself, even knowing that they say that this is something that people are actively looking at and that there's sort of, uh, you know, that there are 
uh, projects that are in motion, uh, we still felt it important that we, uh, you know, spelt it out. Um, in, in, you know, that we think this is a good idea, that we want the, uh, whichever um, sort of flavour of government, uh, you know, is is next. We want uh, the, the commitment that 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 needs to be something that that happens. I remember speaking to Dr. Scott Jameson last year, um, and he made that case quite forcibly. You know that we uh, we needed everyone you speak to. I think realizes the need for prescribing, and I think the fact that you're interested in IT and in the role you're in really helps you specify these you know important areas. I mean, I just wonder are there another two or three key areas you think IT can support GPs going forward? Yeah. So, and 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 in some in some ways it. The, the, the sort of movements of patient around around about different parts of the system, especially as we find, uh, you know, with as we come out of COVID, which with with lots of uh, op- operations that suddenly aren't going to be happening anytime soon, or others other sort of uh, other clinics that are that, that are running behind. Um, how how the IT sort of helps us understand. Or, you know who is who is waiting for for things H- helps us get things moving um so that people aren't just aren't sitting on a on some sort of inactive list um the you know so that that, that people can access resources can sort of improve their their literacy around what what we think they might have um um so that there's there's not just sort of people in in limbo for from for, for general practice in terms of the it re reprovisioning i mean we, we you know absolutely are sort of um, you know we've been we're waiting and waiting and waiting for the for the the all singing and all dancing sort of generational leap to it you know to uh, uh systems that are are, are sort of fit for where we are at the moment i think the um you know the, the systems that we're we're on uh, you know really are uh, sort of end of life uh, sort of legacy uh things from the, the, the clinical perspective so that's a really and to be able to move to sort of proper form of coding um, in terms of SNOMED. Uh, again, I think now that we're, you know, read read served us served us well, um, but we're I think now now beyond the point where where it's serving us. Um, and I guess you would understand obviously the need to move towards hosted systems and clouds and and like you say different coding systems. But I guess the average GP probably doesn't really mind that much about the coding system or, or whether the, the the system is hosted in the practice or in a cloud and i guess we have to manage expectations to some extent about the new gp systems you know that it's not all going it's not going to be about new great new functionality there will be some new functionality but actually the benefits are are different maybe to what people think yeah absolutely and i think the um and and part of the difficulty is not it's not just our own gp clinical system it's all these this sort of multitude of different systems where you can only um sort of sort of change one bit at a time and then um look at what other bits to to, to change um so, so I'm, you know i'm pleased that the, the we have had a sort of uh, a primary care um, reform digital group um, in, in terms of, sort of Scottish government trying to sort of look at, you know, what are the obstacle obstacles, you know, I, you know, which 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 are the fast routes to um, to improving the the technological lot that that we have, um, uh, and, and again, so once we. Re- you know, replace our GPIT clinical systems well. Um, so then we've also got to look at what 
the the version of Dockman that we've got at the moment again is, is at one point uh, was looked looked great and, and was allowing us to do all sorts of things that we didn't do before, and suddenly we've got systems that now need 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 something different, need something more more powerful, need something better. Yeah, we're all waiting with bated breath to, to see how that develops over the next couple of years. Um, just just before we finish, I mean, I, I suppose I, I was interested as well, beyond the pandemic, I mean, you, you take over your role again at a really interesting time. And there were a lot of pressures in general practice even before the pandemic. You know, if we think about the issues about sustainability, about the need for, you know, the for more GPs. And, and with the new contract, we've obviously got new team members under the primary care improvement plan. There's also other issues about aging populations, frailty, um, anticipatory care planning. This, this, we could talk, we could talk all day. How do you see the, 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 the big picture for general practice? Yeah, so as we take on more of this mantle as the expert medical generalist, uh, can we, uh, you know, can we describe exactly what we mean by that? You know, is that something that we're describing in relation to the the technology that we have in, in Scotland and say the specific types of support that we have in terms of our pharmacotherapy service, in terms of first contact uh, physio, um, in, in, in terms of sort of other sort of work streams that have, that have arrived through through the contract and specifically around, you know, bringing other other types of, of worker, other parts of the workforce in. If, if you if you don't have a, a good, strong supply of, of additional GPs, uh, and, and I guess also as worrying if, if if GPs decide that they that they want to do something else, um, if people leave, if we don't have a good uh, an environment that's sort of good enough to to retain people, then yeah, they, we're sort of then we're we're in trouble. Um, uh, and so, in amongst this, trying to think, well, um, you know, is your is your expert med medical generalist somebody who is uh, you know a you know a a champion coder, someone who can absolutely sort of, you know, manip manipulate um, the, the patient's record uh, so that, you, that they can join up these various problems so that they can um, drill, you know, um, link up uh, various systems so that they can, uh, um, you know, sort of keep, you know, look at registers of diseases so that they can see, you know, check that people are getting quality care. Um, I think there's there's a there's a big role to be made around making sure that that, that GPs are sort of masters of of technology and not not slaves to it. Um, but how you go about doing that, you know, the, we we've so often just em, embraced new technological change without needing to be put through a course for it or to be tested on how we use it. Um, so, you know, how, how do we understand that everyone has the, the, the capability and d desire to be using, um, you know, the, the systems um, to, to their fullest, um, you know, um, because I think with a lot of the technology that we've that we've had, um, we use bits of it, but we don't use the full range of um, uh, of what we can. And, and part of that is, is, is pressure of, of pressure of time. We need to be keeping moving, 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 and there's a queue of patients waiting to be seen. Um, uh, so being able to, to you know, uh, to act, well, so again, one of the things we asked in our, our manifesto uh, was around uh, protected learning time. That we absolutely need sort of time for the for the team to 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 step away from the clinical work to to learn together to be able to understand. Well, if there's things that we want the system to do. Um, 
which, which part of the team can pick that up actually which part of the team have we have we got available in this location uh you know uh, what else do, do we need to do because there, there will be workforce gaps um the the you know there's there's uh, sort of years of of te technology change ahead of us in terms of terms of terms of the roadmap yeah. and trying to uh, trying to sort of keep cool calm sane heads in amongst that all that's that's going to be the challenge yeah well certainly as i suppose as far as snug goes and the user groups go we're keen to try and share knowledge and and support people as i know the co the college is is doing as well and we're looking forward to hearing from you at the snug members day in a few weeks yeah sort of one of the things i haven't mentioned is you know uh, how how glad i am that we've we've got organizations like snug uh, that you know where where there are sort of active members where um you know again where the education and, and quality is celebrated so absolutely looking forward to being part of that day well, thank you very much. What, what are you just out of interest? What are you covering in your talk? Uh, a little thing about choice of systems. Ah. So, just uh, just thought I'd pick uh, just uh, mop up a, a non-controversial topic there. <laughs> nice easy one. <laughs> yeah, that that's straightforward. Um, everyone will have the be signed up to the same same view of the world there. Yeah. Well, listen, uh, we could talk for ages, but I don't uh, don't want to keep you indefinitely. I really appreciate your time. Um, yeah, I just want to say thank you very much for joining us today. You're welcome. Thanks, Andrew. So many thanks to Chris for sharing his thoughts with us. He has a really important and challenging job as he represents the needs of general practice right now. And there's absolutely no doubt that we're reliant on some very old systems which do need replacement and upgrading. And that will certainly be an exceptionally challenging task over the next few years. But as he says, there has been enormous progress in the last five to 10 years, and especially in the last 12 months. The technology, the equipment, and the infrastructures underpinning the systems we use, both SNUG and the RCGP exist to help and support everyone in general practice use these as well as we can to provide high quality healthcare. And he did give us a new interpretation of what it means to be an expert medical generalist, an expert in the use of GPIT. Don't we need one of these in every practice? Don't forget to register for the Snug Members Day on May the 26th. It'll be another virtual event so you can attend from anywhere in Scotland. We do have new Teams channels set up for EMIS and Vision users and you can sign up for these and the Members Day by contacting Alex DeFranco at the email address on the podcast episode notes. There are also links to the RCGP Scotland website and also its parliamentary manifesto. So please have a look at these and do get in touch keep discovering ways to use your IT systems better. Or if they're not working very well and driving you crazy, tell us about it. We may not be able to fix them, but we will understand. Don't forget to vote. Take it away, Groucho. These are the laws of my administration. No one's allowed to smoke or tell a dirty joke. And whistling is forbidden. We're not allowed to tell a dirty joke. If chewing gum is chewed, the chewer is pursued, and in the who's cow hidden, if we choose to chew, we'll be pursued. If any form of pleasure is exhibited, report to me and it will be prohibited. I'll put my foot down, so shall it be. This is the land of the free.